Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all-sports leader, the, the, the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Glad you're with us. If you've been with us all morning long, 6.6 a.m. on our YouTube channel, on Twitch. Also on uh, the Horn app or 101.9 a.m. 1260, wherever you're finding us. Appreciate you if you're just tuning in. Thanks for doing it. Maybe you got the youngsters off to school. First day of school continues. It's that week with um, several more school districts going back. Round Rock, Pflugerville, Hayes, Dripping Springs, San Marcos, all back today. More tomorrow. So, you know, if you're in Eanes or Lake Travis or a district that's not back till tomorrow, enjoy that last day. Enjoy that last day while your your mates are already back. You know, they're already in school. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Enjoy that last day. Do something with it. By the way, there is a new Michael Orr book out. came out a couple days ago called Michael Orr, along with Don Yeager, who's written a lot of books, a uh, pretty famous author. When your back's against the wall, fame, football, and lessons learned through a lifetime of adversity. The book is oh, out. He missed an opportunity. just called it Blindsided. <laughs> yeah, but apparently in the book, because here's a full review, it doesn't go into that he got hoodwinked by the twoies. He, really? Nuh-uh. Well, then the book. Then he the book the book is not totally truthful. Then, like, how do you not go into that part of it? And now you're suing the Tuies. Separate deal, right? Uh, How's that a separate deal when you read a book about your life? I know, I know. <laughs> like that's your life. <laughs> All right, Which is why the it. plot thickens on this thing. Like I mean, that. there's got to be two sides to this. Is Orr trying to use this story to pump the book sales because now people are talking about him again? They haven't been talking about him in a while. It's a new book. That's smart. Um, you know, that's smart, I guess. But I'm just saying, how do you not talk about yeah. the? I mean, you are. You maybe, and I are already going into the break, thinking, man, maybe they're going to be in Michael Orr is going to make the real story, the real movie. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how it really went. <laughs> Blindsided. Uh, no, but I, I think his strategy, I guess, of his public, his PR people and his publicists is probably don't mention it in the book because it's going to become a big story, which it is. And people will bring you on to talk about that story, and then you can plug the book. But if you put it in the book, they'll just mention your excerpt from the book, and they won't bring you on to plug the book and talk about the lawsuit. Yeah. So maybe well, it's like, no, we bring we want people to talk about the lawsuit, but also bring you on to talk about the book. If you put the lawsuit details in the book, they won't bring you on. They'll just reference the book. Maybe there's a second book coming. <laughs> you could be right about that too. You I might be right. Maybe hey, book listen, I'm just trying or, to strategize. Or, you know, just leave Sandra Bullock alone, please. Oh, yeah, y'all leave her alone. She ain't do that. She, do? she made five million off the movie, and that's about it. Well, it also. Someone said that's another book, Rod. You're right. That's, that's, that's probably can another I book. Say right. I don't know they, how to make money. I'm not a publicist. So, so <laughs> in the movie, this is a true deal, too, because in the movie, 2009, Oscar nominated film, when. Remember when Sandra Bullock in her dress suit and heels went out on the field and told the head football coach at the Briarcliff Academy how to Christian school how to coach. Yeah, that imbe- coach. the imbecilic coach. The imbecilic <laughs> coach who was came off as a complete doofus. Yeah. 
he uh, that's Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze, the current head coach at Ole Miss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I, I, <laughs> I love that he basically got portrayed as like he was dumb and idiotic and he really didn't know much about football. And it's like, actually, it's, he's a damn good football coach. He's yeah. a coach. Is he Auburn right now? Where's he going? Oh, yeah. He's at a Yole Miss. <laughs> no, he's at Auburn. Auburn, he's at Auburn, I mean, Auburn. He was was at Ole Miss. Then yeah, he, he went was. to uh, Liberty. Remember he had the got run out had this, for the yes, cheating and then the, Liberty. What was the scandal? Was it? It was. What, uh, it wasn't Hookers, was it? Yeah, it was. It was Hookers. He was. He was. <laughs> I, I just threw it. It wasn't Hookers, was it? Yes, it was Hookers. Okay. He was leaving like voicemails and texting <laughs> off the, the, the like school phone they gave him. Oh, that's right. He was using the school phone to text hookers. Oh, oh is that a problem? Four recruits. Is that illegal? Is, like that, is George, that wrong? That George Costanza lie? Is that wrong? <laughs> Should I have to do that? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Uh, scandals they, and resignation. Oh, wow. Yes, not re- recruiting. Numerous recruiting violations as well. Were the hookers for him or for the recruits? Recruits. Oh, well, at least he maybe was. for a little bit for him too. <laughs> <laughs> Seconds. Maybe a little bit for him too, but mostly fun to recruit. This is about recruiting, guys. Trying to get the best athletes well, on remember, campus. I mean, in the real time, right. when Michael Orr went off to Ole Miss because <laughs> the, that's where the remember Sean Tui, who's now saying that they didn't make any money off the movie. Uh, they signed a conservatorship, not adoption, because he was too old, and they still wanted him to be able to go to Ole Miss. Because remember, Sean Tui was a player and a booster for Ole Miss. That's a great, yeah, forgetting about that, too. That Honestly, that's something we need to, to talk about more. Maybe yes. he did this so he could, you know, get some uh, some more street cred with his partners. Yes. All right, from but the then, booster donor base of Ole Miss. But then not long after that, who became the head, the assistant coach at, the, at Ole Miss? Hugh Freeze. <laughs> so they all were riding this guy, Michael Orr. Uh, you know, well, from Sandra Bullock, teaching him how to coach. Oh, Because while he was also coaching the the, uh, the the football team at the Briarcrest Christian School in Memphis, he was also coaching the girls' basketball team. And next thing you know, he's coaching at Ole Miss. That's that's a pretty amazing leap for him, honestly. Yeah, well, yeah, that. You well, know, all because Sandra Bullock taught him how to coach. Because he wasn't a good coach until Sandra said, "Hey, he owes it to Sandra Bullock, huh?" There you go. Wow, I didn't even I didn't even think I didn't even realize that he the, the leap was so drastic from high school just right into the college ranks, pretty much for Hugh Freeze. Yeah, didn't Gus Malzone make a Gus sim- right similar jump? Yeah, you're right. And he did it with a player. Who was the I want to say there was a player involved with like Gus Malzahn, basically. Like a really good player that he had at his school and basically almost like a package deal. <laughs> they ended up going. Hey, uh, by the way, when he got to Ole Miss, is that assistant coach you know who he replaced? Who's that? At that position? Ed Orgeron. <laughs> Ed Orgeron. Can't make wow. this up. Can't make it up. You cannot. That is <laughs> Yeah. And uh well, Ed Orgeron, at least he's PG thirteen compared to Hugh Freeze. <laughs> And Ole Miss is oh, crazy. And do you know then. that before the uh, the hooker scandal at oh, Ole Miss? No. Oh, no. In 2014, <laughs> Hugh Freeze won the 2014 Grant Taft Coach of the Year Award by the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. All right, everybody. Hey, go. the FCA. It's one of my spots. I love the FCA. Me too. <laughs> do they like hookers? No. 
No, the FDA is not about that. Exactly. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Mitch Mustaine was the Gus Malzahn player. Mitch Mustaine. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. I knew it was a there was like a player associated with like his ascent, and I just didn't remember exactly who it was. Yeah, and he became the OC of Arkansas at the time. Yeah. Well, again, the movie portrayed him as the dumbest, doofus coach that's ever lived. And maybe, you know, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, the investigation, the, the first one at Ole Miss centered around Laramie Tunsil, the starting tackle for the Texans. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the one with the back. gas mask <laughs> at the draft. And then it turns out it ended up being now he's the best pass-blocking uh, tackle like in the, in the NFL. And before him, you had Robert Kimdichie, like, jumping out of windows and stuff. Remember that? <gasps> I do remember that. And he was drafted still pretty high, wasn't he? Even without that. He wasn't like a first round. He, wasn't he, first, he was drafted. He was drafted, though, but yeah. He never, he never mounted him. Well, remember, yeah. so here's the deal with, uh, with Hugh Freeze, and I'm, I'm reminding myself while reading this. But We're going down the rabbit this, hole. The, the, yeah, Houston Nutt. Remember, he was a former coach at Ole Miss. He sued Ole Miss for defamation, contending that Hugh Freeze and the school conspired to smear him about, claims, about the claims and, and charges. Ole Miss settled the lawsuit and issued a public apology to Nutt. But as part of discovery for the lawsuit, Nutt's attorney filed a freedom of information request for calls Freeze made on his university-issued cell phone in 2016. While reviewing those records, Nutt's attorneys discovered a call to a number associated with a female escort service and alerted Ole Miss officials Freeze claimed it was a misdialed number. Misdial. Misdialed number to an escort service? Uh, school officials then investigated, discovered yeah. that what they later described as a concerning pattern of similar calls dating oh. back to shortly after he arrived in Oxford over a dozen calls over 33 months, <laughs> uh, often made while Freeze was traveling on business trips using old Mrs. Private oh, Plane. Oh, no. A lot, of, a lot of university funds, university resources. And that is not FCA kind of stuff. On the July 20th, mm. the Chancellor Jeff Vitter and AD Ross Bjork gave Freeze the ultimatum, resign or be fired for violating the morality clause in his contract. Freeze opted to resign. Speaking of Houston Nut, because you just make a Houston Nut reference. I did. That's, uh, where, Mal- the, that's where the discovery from a Freedom of, uh, freedom of Information request picked up the cell number of the escort service. And Houston Nutt also, remember, he's the one that hired Gus Malzahn initially after Gus Malzahn's high school squad, Springdale, went 14-0, and won a state title. He had recruits that Arkansas wanted, Mitch Mustaine, Ben Cleveland, Andrew Norman, and Damian Williams, who all joined him at Arkansas when he took the job as uh, OC for Houston Nutt. So, yeah, he that was a smart move. He turned a great high school football season, a championship season, and a season we had a lot of players that Arkansas wanted into, essentially, a job for himself. And it's a great opportunity. Yeah, well, there, you go. The, there you go, coaches. Y'all coaches. can do the same thing. Coaches you like Gus Malzahn. Coaches in high school riding great players to college jobs is as old as the they, right, yeah, I mean, Ar- happens in, yeah, basketball, I know it's really what no, oh, yeah. happens a lot in, oh, in Arkansas basketball. Arkansas did that with Chad Morris, too. Lake Travis. Oh, really? Yeah. Coach. Okay, there you go. Todd Dodge, North Texas. Oh, my man. Uh-huh. See? No coach is too good Whoa. for it on that route. That's a, <laughs> well, that's tried and true. That's always a story about my man Bucky. Bucky used to talk about that his coach at Bethlehem Catholic ended up working at Boston College, and he went into the insurance racket after that. But, huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's back in the 70s, man. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that route to coaching, to high-level coaching has been but the used Hugh, and abused. So the, so the Hugh Freeze <laughs> thing is, is so interesting, and I, you know, it – you know, it, it was in old. You're just, when you hear scandal in the SEC, you kind of think, okay, they're it's all going on there. But 
So it sounds like he was soliciting escorts for himself. And the recruits or just himself? Just himself. <laughs> like it would be the, 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 the concerning pattern of calls were when he was, uh, on tra- on what was traveling on business trips using the private plane. So while he's away from home. Okay. And this, es- the escort is this escort service. service like national? Like, you know, I mean, like how they, because uh, usually some escort services, you know, they are in certain cities and towns. You'd go to that town and then I guess you would use that service. Right. And he's traveling, still calling these services when he's, tra- he's traveling to different places, I'm assuming. So does he have certain escort services that he likes to frequent I, and favorite all around the country? Should have been, been more about like, that kind of stuff. Should have been more like Lane Kiffin and just headed down at the well, well, Let me just say this. Did I think. <laughs> Yeah, Joey Freshwater. Well, look, it appears to me that by the agreement that he was told ultimatum, resign or be fired for violating the morals clause, he uh, uh, yeah. he, he chose to resign, Yeah, which then I would imagine so, that there is an NDA. So the like, details won't, all the details won't get out. Everything we uncover yeah, back yeah. here won't come out, but that's why you need to resign you. Mm-hmm. Yep, you need I to resign. I think that's happened around here pretty recently. Uh, but right. either way... There is, uh, so Hugh Freeze, then he went, of course, to the, the great Christian school, Liberty University, Jerry Falwell. That's where he resurrected his football coaching career, and now he's back at Auburn. Okay. Back at Auburn. Somebody's sending us websites on the Spectex line. I'm not going to click it. <laughs> no. I think, I think it I, was in response to my take that, do you have uh, escort services around the country? And maybe this is like some nationalized don't website. And I, don't phone, I don't want to know. We just heard that AI can read your exactly. typing. <laughs> I, I don't even want to click on that. I'm good. Someone says amateur. Use a burner phone. Yeah. Well, exactly. Me, he obviously, dude, you. how do you not think this? Do you use a company phone? To contact the hookers? I mean, on come the school on. plane? Cover up one-on-one is, yeah, use a burner phone for your shady stuff. Sandra Bullock never taught him that. <laughs> should have. Should have, apparently. Well, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, so when he went to Liberty, he was hired by Ian McCaw, who was the athletic director at Baylor oh, during no. the whole Art Bryle oh, scandal. man, come on. <laughs> yeah. Any more shady with this circle? <laughs> now, here's the deal, Rod. After going through all that, and we'll get back into the uh, Zach Martin story and some other NFL that's the movie I want to see. Oh, can we make that whole movie from like? Let's end it when when you because know, the movie, movie the movie The Blind Side ends with him going off to college. Oh yeah, you talking about part two? <laughs> can we pick it up when Hugh Freeze gets the job at Ole Miss and go from there? I would love that honestly. That'd be fantastic. I it, need to see the Houston Nut. I want HBO to make it too because they really they want to sensationalize stuff like they did with Winning Time. I want HBO to make it. There were a lot of sex. It's gonna be very vivid. It's gonna be hookers on the planes oh, hanging yeah. out. Do like. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> What's the crazy show that's out on HBO these days? Euphoria. Euphoria. Oh. <laughs> Man, Euphoria makes you not want to have kids. Ever. Oh, my goodness. I, I watched it's not that, that bad. Is, I hope, well, you talking that's, about having kids or the show? Yeah, the whole drug use and all that. Oh, the show scares it, the hell out of any parent. I'm about to be one, and I, I, I've watched that show, and good Lord, I'm scared to death. I didn't know many <laughs> high school kids that were doing heroin. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah, was that, pretty Yeah, you watched that show? That show. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen Cindy Sweeney in it. Hello. Oh, so. now, yeah. Now she is very talented. <laughs> no, she actually is, but she's gorgeous. I've seen her in Austin before. Oh, have yeah. you seen yeah. her? Oh, Ranch Six One Six. You see everybody, man. You're in the right places. Roddy. In real life, does it translate from oh, the screen to real life? It's she, real. That's a girl that walks in a room and everybody turns okay. her head. Yeah, she does. She has that. It doesn't matter if she's famous aura. or not. Aura. <laughs> All right, so that's the movie we should make. But it's you know, <sighs> God, God, how about Hugh Freeze suing and then that discovers the phone service escort record that. Leads wow. to Hugh Freeze. And then he ends up at Liberty with Ian McCaw. 
who was AD at Baylor through the whole Art Bryles mess. Shadiness, attracted to shadiness. Yeah, man. <laughs> and now he's back at Auburn. That's the best. He's back coaching in the SEC at a big where, where, power school. Where shady stuff happens a lot in the SEC. <laughs> Better yeah. get used to it, Texas. <laughs> well, big, you know, because we say this all the time. The, the president of Auburn had to walk to a microphone and introduce, this is the, we searched the country, and this mm. is the best we could find. This is to teach our young people and coach our young people. Hugh oh, Freeze. Yeah. Hugh Freeze. Best one. <laughs> yeah. Of <And> all <laughs> the people. Well, now, now we, we, couldn't, we couldn't hire Deion Sanders here, who was coaching right over at uh, I know. State Over. Yep, you're right. Mm-hmm. Where was where's Deion before? Jackson State. Jackson, Jackson State. State. Is that in, that's in Alabama. That's yeah, in Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi. Mississippi, right in yeah, State still Over. Right, yeah. Come on, man. Hire Deion. Hugh Freeze? I agree. Deion, I mean... If Dion had was contacting hookers, it'd be a bigger story, I guess. <laughs> but I think Dion had his hooker phase in his life. Like that's the beauty of Dion. You see, Hugh Freeze was still going through hooker phase. Like, no, I need somebody who's done with their hooker he phase. He was on the company plane with a company phone. Dion was hanging out at, at you know probably with the Dallas Cowboys doing all kind of crazy stuff with hookers and cocaine, all kind of crazy stuff. So Dion, he doesn't need that anymore. Now he's saved. He's all about the Lord. I'm just saying, I think, I think you know, look what Colorado has done to flip their brand. No, even if Dion fails, it's still worth it to hire him because yes. you fail forward. You get more free media, you're recruiting like gangbusters now, and you get more national exposure. Well, look how he's recruiting in Colorado. you imagine if he was recruiting to Auburn? I know. That's, oh, that's, why, he's, that's why he's not going to last long at Colorado. I think somebody will end up hiring him from Colorado just because they want the, the added value, all the benefits of having a Dion mm. on hey, their, so their coach. Coming back, we'll get into uh, – a little bit of Rod's rant at the bottom of the hour. Actually, no, bottom of the hour, we're going to do K-State. K-State number 14 oh, that's in right. our countdown, Rod. We can um, do, we'll do, we're going to do a quick rant. We, we can, cre- uh, we can squeeze rant. it in. We can just squeeze a quick it in. rant because we also rant. have to get to Dalvin Cook to the Jets, Zeke Elliott to the Patriots, Zach Martin. Oh, yeah. Stalemate over. Face-to-face with the old man, and the deal is done. Straight cash, homie. Straight cash. Also, mm-hmm. my, uh, your buddy Kyle Shanahan, Shano. Has an interesting comment on what it would have to take to have Brock Purdy not be his starting quarterback. <laughs> pretty interesting. Uh, yes, pretty something pretty drastic, I imagine. But let's go to the uh, <laughs> the rants of your nine o'clock hour. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Oh, well, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butt. All right, now this is a Texas football-related rant. It's something that Steve Sarkeesian's been hinting at, um, implying in his media availability this offseason. And it's a bit of a mystery because in football theory, usually pressures automatically translate to sacks, um, automatically translate to takeaways, splash plays by the defense, what they call havoc plays. And usually there's not a mystery about something being lost in translation. Texas last year, second in the FBS in total pressures behind Clemson. And if you look at Power 5 teams who also finished top five in pressures, most of them saw a direct uh, correlation to takeaways and to uh, sacks uh, based on their pressures. And their pressures were able to translate and convert those into pressures and or takeaways. Clemson led the country in pressures. They had 44 sacks and they had 21 takeaways. Pittsburgh was third in pressures, 48 sacks, 22 takeaways. Utah, sixth in pressures, 41 sacks, 24 takeaways. Penn State, fourth in pressures, 
42 sacks, 26 takeaways. You get the point, right? That's usually the trend. More pressure equals more sacks and more takeaways. For Texas, though, there's a bit of a mystery that is, I, I believe it's frustrating Sark just a little bit because he's trying to figure out why Texas could not translate their pressures why they couldn't convert those into sacks and more takeaways. Texas had 14 takeaways last season. They had 14 a year before in 2021. Um, they only had 27 sacks last season. PK says they missed 13 of those sacks. So one of the the issues that Sark will be trying to resolve uh, and trying to remedy this and come up with a solution this offseason is how do I turn all those pressures that Texas had last season, 277, second most in all of college football, how do I translate them into pressures and sorry, into sacks and into takeaways? And that, I think, is a big part of it. So I think they're going to try to play more bump and run coverage on the outside, force the quarterbacks to hold on to the ball longer. We heard PK say he's going to blitz more uh, to try to just win the numbers battle uh, up front and then maybe blitz more to apply pressure to get home. Also, I think a big part of it is just having more playmakers on the field. It is my belief that ball hawk, uh, ball hawking, <laughs> and a ball hawk uh, ability is just kind of an innate sense. Some guys are ball hawks and some guys are not. I play with great fundamentals. I play with great technique. I was a really good cover guy. I was not a ball hawk, but I played with those guys and I envied them. I was jealous of them. I watched them, <laughs> you know what I mean, with, you know, with uh, a wild kind of a wow factor that every time these guys would approach the football, whether it be in a passing game or defending the run, they try to take the football away. Whether it be a Derrick Johnson, Nathan Vasher, my man Michael Huff, there's just some players, they have that innate sense that makes them a ball hawk. They believe they have more of a right to the football than the guy that's carrying the ball or the guy that's throwing the ball or the guy that is being targeted. All right, so, and I think... For Texas last season, I pointed this out, DeMarvion Overshone was top 10. Uh, he had 15. He and Jade Barron had 15 what they call havoc plays, which are splash plays on defense, sacks, tackles for loss, PBUs, interceptions, forced fumbles. Those are considered havoc plays. And DeMarvion Overshone and Jade Barron both had 15. Jalen Ford led the Big 12 last season in havoc plays. He was one of the uh, pr- probably the most disruptive forces on defense in all of the Big 12. And a big part of that is because he's got great football instincts and he's a guy that was you know, kind of a natural ball hawk. You heard E. Hogan earlier say he was talking to Diamante Tucker-Dorsey on your podcast, The The Eyes of Texas. Eyes on Texas. Eyes on Texas podcast. And he said that basically Jalen Ford has some of the best instincts he's ever seen uh, for a defender, period. He's played at James Madison and came here to Texas, and I think you saw those, those, those instincts on full display last season. So the key to me for Texas to have more takeaways and maybe to cash in on some of these pressures and tr- convert them and translate them into sacks, you just need more force multipliers. You need more Havoc players. You need more ball hawks on the field. You lost to Marvion Overshone. You still got Jade Barron. Jalen Ford's the best ball hawk, arguably. Havoc player in the Big 12. You lost to Sean Jameson. He also averaged over one Havoc play per game. So you need guys to replace them. In the scrimmage, uh, Jaron Thompson reportedly got an interception. Uh, Malik Muhammad had an interception and a forced fumble. Leona LaFowle recovered a fumble. That's big. That's takeaways against your own team. But ultimately, it is a really good sign that this defense now is starting to emphasize taking the ball away. 
And I think whether it's Alfred Collins, who we've heard, is taking his game to the next level, he can be potentially one of these havoc players for Texas. Uh, there's been talk of, you know, a young Anthony Hill is a great pass rushing presence. He can be another havoc player for you. I think Jalen Catalan, I went back and calculated Jalen Catalan's havoc plays in his career. He's averaging over one havoc play per game in his career. That's another guy you're going to add to the mix. So there should be players who are in a position to step up and become those force multipliers um, that you need on defense. And if that is the case, this defense could potentially go from a good defense to maybe a great defense. And they could help Texas win the Big 12. I gave this that earlier because Texas offensively takes care of the football really well. They were tied with K-State for the fewest amount of giveaways in 2022. But they were ninth in the Big 12 in takeaways on defense. That's That determines your turnover margin. And seven times. Uh, and the Big 12 champion has finished first in turnover margin six times. You go look at it five times. The Big 12 champion has finished outside the top four in turnover margin in the last 17 years, only six times in the last 20 years. So you want to be one of the leaders in turnover margin in the Big 12 to win it. And for Texas to win it, all they need to do is improve the opportunistic ways on defense and take the football away. Because offensively, they're doing a really good job of taking care of the football. Well said, Rod's rant, uh, and I think Anthony Hill's a name that stands out to me. That no he, doubt. And he become one of those Derek yep. Johnson kind of players because mm-hmm. Derek was immediate when he got here at Texas. You helped recruit oh, him to Texas. He was. Uh, and maybe Manny Muhammad uh, from South Oak Cliff, another one of those South Dallas players that uh, uh, can have an impact on the corner. But, yeah, you need, oh. more, you need more balls on the ground, recovering more fumbles, uh, ball hawking more for Texas. Coming back, a team that ball hawked plenty last year. They won the Big 12 championship. They're number 14. In our Horn, Ian Rod B, top 20 countdown, the K-State Wildcats coming back. Hey, Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber, Austin, Texas, Sports, the Horn. Coming up, we will uh, preview K-State, number 14, in our Horn Top 20 countdown. As we said earlier, if you go to our Horn app or hornfm.com, in addition to watching the uh, the program and the proceedings on Twitch, you can also watch on our YouTube channel. Please do, all morning long. But at uh, our Horn app and on hornfm.com, Rod, you can follow along with the Horn Top 20 countdown if you missed oh, yeah. our five teams from last week, the back end of the Top 20, 15, you know, 16 through 20. Included Oklahoma and TCU and Texas Tech. You go back and uh, hear those conversations and great insider guests that we had. We had Pete Sampson on Notre Dame yesterday at number 15. And today we were at number 14, the team that won the Big 12 Conference last year, uh, the K-State Wildcats. And we're going to talk to uh, our friend Tim Fitzgerald with the uh, the update on on them. But, you know, what, what are your, before we talk to Tim, what are your overall thoughts on uh, – on K State, they lost. They lost four games last year, right? I mean, they mm. they lost to Tulane. How about they? How about Tulane? But Tulane, yeah. We, we didn't know Tulane was going to be they that the good. Ball, beat USC. <laughs> beat USC. With no Will Fritz, Willie Fritz and uh, you know, Texas beat K State late in the year. Um, able to run the football. Sark is undefeated versus Chris Kleiman, which is hard because yeah. Chris Kleiman is arguably the best coach in the Big Twelve. He, he's a damn good coach. Yeah, and they of course beat uh, TCU in that thrilling Big Twelve title game, but they went ten and four. And then they got their doors blown off a little bit by Alabama in mm-hmm. the uh, in the Sugar Bowl, but it was a great year for Chris Kleiman, establishing himself. You know, obviously the, the program is so you know tethered to Bill Snyder and what he did with that program. But Kleiman came in and kind of has the same mindset. And uh, can we fire it up with the number fourteen team in our countdown title? We have a fight song for the K State Wildcats. Yes, You're defending Big Twelve champions. 
Okay. All I like right. it. There you go. It's spunky. I've been to a, uh, a game at uh, Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Great spot, mm-hmm. intimate, great fans, great people in Manhattan. It was a Texas game that that was the game with Tom Herman as head coach. They got up 19 nothing. Texas did, and then they had oh, to hold on for the win. I remember that. Yeah. Hey, yeah. I, I've had to hold on for some wins versus K-State, <laughs> too. All right? That purple kryptonite is real. Yeah, real. <laughs> and someone who knows about that purple kryptonite is Tim Fitzgerald. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Life of Fitz, F-I-T-Z, sports writer, radio host, and uh, publisher of GoPowerCat.com, covering all things K-State Wildcats. Tim, good morning. Good morning to you. Appreciate you doing this. Thanks for joining and us, And previewing uh, K-State. Now, you know, in talking about the Wildcats, I, I just had the assumption from Big 12 Media Days to now with the AP poll and, you know, picked to finish second in the Big 12 – is there a little chip on the shoulder for Chris Kleiman's team having won the Big 12 last year and being down there at 14 behind Texas, not a top-10 team, with eight returning offensive starters, including the quarterback, plenty of experience coming back on defense as well? Is there a little bit of, you know, that we're underrated or that the way that K-State likes it to be? I think it's the way they like it to be. It's been that way for a long time. It was that way under Bill Snyder, and it's kind of being that way under Chris Kleiman, too. And um, I think this is a pretty good K-State team, right? I say that understanding that Texas is wildly talented. They they should be uh, the champions of the Big 12 when it's all said and done. But, again, I, I'm falling into the category i got to see it to believe it. Uh, but this K-State team is really confident. Uh, they're fairly healthy, and um, they feel like they've, they've uh, fixed the holes in the lineup, so to speak, particularly on the defensive side. And I think people, uh, you know, keep in mind, Will Howard only started six games last year and played in seven. He was not the starting mm-hmm. quarterback. He took over the job, and we've only seen the first glimpses of what I think this uh, Will Howard as a starter could be. I, I, his confidence is extremely high. Everyone's talking about how accurate and efficient he is in practice. So I think uh, we're excited to see uh, if he can stay healthy. That seems to be a problem with quarterbacks at K-State, but if he can, what kind of year he can put up. Yeah. Adrian Martinez, of course, got hurt in that TCU game, and that's when Will Howard entered the game and, and took off. Um, speaking of the quarterbacks, uh, what about Colin Klein and his development as an offensive coordinator with these quarterbacks? Uh, I love the way that he's kind of tailored the offense to each of those quarterbacks when Martinez was in there, and then with Will Howard, it seemed like it was a little bit different. What are your thoughts about Colin Klein and how he's grown into that position? It'll be fun to watch him this year um, because let's be honest, Deuce Vaughn was a great play calling crutch. Yeah. I mean, you, you could call the wrong play and then he, he cuts it back against the grain and goes, you know, 40 yards for a touchdown. Um, so it's, uh, it, he's made his life a lot easier, but I think everyone feels good also about the backups. Uh, the new running backs, DJ Giddens uh, and Ward from Florida state that uh, they, they feel like those guys are going to plug that hole pretty well. And maybe that'll make, uh, Colin Klein call a little bit different game uh, to fit mm. their skills because he does do a good job of calling plays to fit his his uh, players. Uh, so, yeah, will this mean more running, less running, more throwing to the running backs, less? It's just going to be fascinating to watch how all this plays out for Kansas State's offense because uh, this will be a brand-new challenge for him, but he has grown so much as a play caller. And you can see his confidence grow as the season went on when, mm-hmm. when some of his calls would start to work. It, it, he, you know, he's a head coach in waiting somewhere. I mean, he's going to be a head coach, and Chris Kleiman's going to be at K-State for a while, it seems. So um, I'm not sure where that'll be, but someone will be really lucky to have Colin Klein in charge. Yeah, Colin Klein, the, uh, one of the fan favorites as a player there, obviously, at K-State, playing for Bill Snyder. 
Uh, yeah, I want to ask you about Chris Kleiman. I mean, obviously you covered the Bill Snyder years. You knew what a, a stoic leader he was and just such a, such a great program builder. What have you learned about Chris Kleiman? Uh, what is it about him that's similar to Snyder? What's different? And what has uh, made him you know, a championship coach this quickly at K-State? I think he understands, like Bill Snyder did, that the secret ingredient uh, to a successful team isn't always X's and O's and, and talent. you got to have those. But with that, you have to have a good locker room. You have to have a healthy environment within your locker room. Uh, and that's something he has come in and, and really addressed and, and rebuilt for Kansas State. And plus, you got to have more depth. Kansas State was just running out of players, and they're finally building their their depth back up, if you can even do that in the stage of the transfer portal. Um, they, it's amazing how dissimilar those two guys are, and yet similar in how they arrive at, at putting together a team. Uh, because the teams look you know, quite a bit alike. and Maybe the schemes are different, but uh, they're still building it as a, as a developmental program where you go get a guy like you know, Deuce Vaughn, it's a three-star nobody wanted. Go get a guy like Felix Andy D.K. Ozama, who was you know, barely a two-star, but nobody knew who he was coming out of high school, and now he's uh, in the NFL a first-round pick. So uh, they, they go about things in different ways, but they kind of come to how they do it in the same way, and it's just kind of fun to watch. And, and Chris is, you know, very outgoing and, and handles the media in a little bit different way than Bill Snyder. So it's, it's been a, a good transition for me, let's put it that way, in a selfish way. Hey, Tim, a lot of people uh, watching K-State keep talking about the offensive line and how, really how good they expect the offensive line to be. How good do you expect the K-State O-line to be this season? Best in the Big 12? Yeah, I probably. I mean, you've got Cooper Beebe at one of the guard spots, um, at least for now, that uh, might be the best offensive lineman in the country. Came back for one more season because his younger brother's an incoming freshman Mm. on the team. So um, he wanted to play with him. Uh, now, they did have a setback in camp, right? Tackle Christian Duffy's been injured. I'm not sure how long he'll be out yet, but he will be out a little bit, ending his uh, starting streak of 40-plus games uh, right there. So uh, they will have a little bit of a problem at the right tackle spot that they'll move someone out. It might end up being Cooper BB because they're really strong at guard because uh, they did not expect him to be back. So they've got some depth there that, that they've had developed. So we'll see how that plays out. But, you know, anytime you've got a, a veteran quarterback who's shown that he can play in an offensive line, uh, I think your offense is going to be in pretty good shape if everyone plays like it should. That interesting foundation up front. Tim Fitzgerald was with us uh, uh, talking all things K-State Wildcats, publisher of Go Powercats on on social media and, of course, GoPowerCats.com, covering all things K-State. Hey, Tim, the um, the conversation, I mean, obviously you, you, you come back with a lot, K-State does, as far as a team up front, as you mentioned, quarterback, Colin Klein in year two but they do replace some of their, their very, very best players, right? That's a challenge because Deuce Vaughn yeah. was so good and Felix Anyuduke Uzoma was the game wrecker and Julius Brents at corner. I mean, you, you have to replace not as many players as you, and that feels good as a coach. At the same time, these were your best playmakers. Yeah, they were. Um, you know, Julius Brents is an interesting case. He came in from Iowa a couple of years ago through the portal and was good um, and better as a junior. And then as a senior, he really erupted. Um, into a you know outstanding cover corner with you know long wingspan. Um, th- those guys are hard to replace. Now, what's interesting at defensive end is, you know, Brennan Mott was at the other end uh, and ended up being one of the top sack guys in, in Big 12 play because so much attention was, uh, you know, 
just applied on Felix. They just had to take care of him with double teams constantly. Well, they moved Khalid Duke back to linebacker after he came back from injury. And you know, I think it was what two seasons ago, Khalid was supposed to be the star defensive end and got injured and opened the door for Felix. And he never looked back. And now Khalid's back at defensive end. Uh, hopefully they slide into that spot and be productive. A little bit different defensive end, but also an explosive defensive playmaker. And Nate Matlack, the other DN, who I think is starting right now, uh, comes back. Uh, he was injured all last season, you could tell. Uh, they're really good at defensive end. The surprise of the offseason with Daniel Green, their middle linebacker, saying he was coming back because we all thought he was done. Uh, so they've got some rebuilding at some key spots, but that's what I feel like they've got guys in spot in position to step forward. I'll be intrigued to watch the back end of this K-State defense early in the season. That's a good point. I want to ask you about the secondary, Tim, since you're on it, and we can just piggyback right where you left off. Uh, it's been a strength for them, really, under Chris Kleiman, I think. Uh, do you expect this group to just continue to be really, really impressive? And I love the the the, the, the philosophy. They play that three-high, uh, three-down defense a little bit, too, that gives Texas a ton of trouble. Yeah, it's – you know, they changed to this uh, three-man front defense. Um a couple of years ago, uh, Chris Kleiman's never run it before. We still don't know who the coach was that he consulted. He won't share that information uh, on how to best do this defense, but they've wow. kind of figured it out. Um, and those safeties are crucial. And what's been a really key cog in that is his ability to go out, particularly even at the FCS level, and identify guys that fit this defense really well. And they've been able to plug holes every time that they need someone to step in. They find someone. Um, and they've done it again. We'll see if those guys develop, and <clears throat> you know if they have the same kind of luck that they've had in the past with with developing players that just slide into that defense strong. Heavy hitting safeties are the key, and uh, Kobe Savage, a Texas kid, is is back from injury, and I expect him to have an all Big Twelve caliber type of season. Tim Fitzgerald talking K-State at number 14 in our countdown. <clears throat> Another Big 12 team. They were uh, right in this very similar spot in the uh, the AP poll that was out uh, just yesterday. They've got road trips to Oklahoma State in there in Stillwater in October, then Texas Tech the week following week. Of course, they come to Austin November the 4th and have to travel to Kansas on November the 18th. Home Big 12 games with Iowa State, Baylor, Houston, TCU, uh, along the way, and UCF. They get UCF to start their conference slate on September the 23rd. Tim, thanks so much. Any surprise? Will it be any surprise for you if you guys are back in the Big 12 championship game and maybe facing Texas hmm. for a Big 12 title? They could play twice this year. Yeah, indeed they could. And I think Texas Tech, Texas, and K-State are the teams to watch. But boys, you've been around this conference a long time. <clears throat> we know that anyone can pop up, and, mm-hmm. and it was K-State that kind of popped up last year. Uh, but is it UCF or Baylor or, you know, Oklahoma with that soft schedule going to be back in the title game? It's going to be a fun season in the Big 12. Yeah, and the last for Texas and Oklahoma and then the new frontier to come. We're looking forward to continued talks with Tim Fitzgerald. Find him on Twitter at Life of Fitz and certainly find all the uh, K-State purple kryptonite conversation, as Rod B. calls it, uh, at Go Power Cat and at 27, uh, 24-7 Sports. Uh, good stuff. GoPowerCat.com. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, boys. Thanks, Tim. There you go. There you go. I'm following them right now. I like that. Boom. Yeah, he's good. That's straight to the point. Good stuff. Good conversations. We (laughs) love getting the insiders that cover that team and their teams day by day. 
and know what's going on. Yeah, how about that going into the FCS level and finding high end defensive backs, Rod? That's well, good evaluation. Yeah, your K State, you know, you got to have a, kind of a, a non traditional means of talent acquisition. You're not going to get your pick, all right, of the best players in your region and in the country. And you're also, you know, you're in, it's tough. I mean, you're in Manhattan, Kansas. It's tough to recruit players to Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, and I think a lot of that is, hey, you, what you can offer players who are coming from a lower level is a better opportunity. Yeah. So you can get the best players at the lower level. You're like, listen, man, you want to come play for K-State, a brand that's known to compete for championships at the highest levels. You can do that, and you can go get the best players from the lower level of the FCS. And there are some guys that can play at you know the Power 5 level in the FCS. They just were overlooked, just yeah. like at every level that happens. Hey, my guy uh... – my guy, my guy Di- Diamante Tucker Tuck, exactly. Dorsey. That's a great example of Tuck. it. Tuck can do it. Yeah. Tuck bringing. Uh, five years he played at James Madison <laughs> on his way to Texas last year. And now now he's. I found out last night, Rod, in the eyes on Texas multicast that Tuck and you, that'll be dropping at some point today. Looking forward to putting out episode 17. I had about a 30-minute conversation with Tuck. He now has an office right next to Gary Keller at Keller Williams Realty. Like, like they share an office. Damn. And it's Gary good. Keller is, is like Yoda. It's nothing better than when your boss really likes you. Yeah. Is that just a great life well, when your boss helps. likes you? He wants you to be next to him all the time. If he's a world-renowned <laughs> real estate agent, a real estate author who happens to have, you know, be in charge of the largest real estate company in the world. Wow. And he wants to mentor you. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, I like you. I want to mentor you. Yeah, likes him. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that, awesome. that just shows you the power. This is really one of the kind of testaments to the power of the NIL Yes. Like, you know, I mean, the movement. It's a, it, Yes, it's about getting the people, the kids, some money, all right, for their name, image, and likeness so they can be compensated for their efforts and for their brand. But it's also about, man, putting these young people in a position so they can network early and start to build those relationships early in their life, man. And I didn't take advantage of that enough when I was in school because Texas fans are awesome and they're great. And they will, they, will, they will reach out to you and give you those opportunities. And I'm glad that now these young people, they're taking advantage of it. They deserve it. The network is huge. Yeah, the spider web is massive. It's one of the biggest networks in the world. You should definitely be able to maximize it as a student athlete. And when when you were there, there was a lot of rules and restrictions that prevented you from commingling with the big money donors. And uh, uh, that was uh, frowned upon, Mm -hmm. without a doubt. And I would say this for Tuck, when that episode drops today, it'll be on – the Dave, uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football YouTube channel, the Horn YouTube channel, and on Spotify and iTunes. Um, interesting. This is this is talk about this power within the NIL. He tells the story, and he told it on our airways recently. Diamante Tucker Dorsey. He had an opportunity to go play in a January one of those All Star games okay. to showcase himself to maybe get drafted or yeah. invited to a training mm-hmm. camp and play in the NFL. But it, it coincided with a Friday meeting to meet Gary Keller. And have a sit down with Gary Keller, uh, and he chose D- decision time. He chose the meeting. That's one of those. That's one of those decisions in your life, fork in the road kind yep, of thing, yep. right? You're like, you're like, hey, should I? What should I do here? And I'm glad he sat down and thought it through. That was a 40 year decision, not a four year decision. Yeah, and you know what I mean. And he that's goes, what they about a, college. I'm a six foot linebacker, a little undersized. How long could I play in the NFL? Even if I make if it, you make but it, it is my dream. The average is three and a half years. So let's say you get that three and a half to four years. Is that worth it over potentially a 40-year decision to, to be mentored by one of the best, great minds in real estate in this country? Yeah. yeah. And he chose he cho- he which, chose Which is wisely. another example of what that, that, that decision would have never been, been in front of him You're right. without NIL. 
And that, you know, he made the right call. Made a great and call. When the, when the multicast hits, I'll, I'll let That's everybody good. know and you can go listen to it. It's a really cool story. Plus, he's got a lot of thoughts on this year's team and DeMarvion Overshone with the Cowboys was his roommate last year and how he's doing in camp. So it's really good behind-the-scenes stuff with uh, Diamante. That'll That's be out stuff. today. We'll be back. Hey, let's play Who Said That? Who Said That? Who Said That? And then we have another edition of Who Sang That, Rod? Who Sang That Poorly? <laughs> Coming next. Said that with Ian Rodby. Who said that? Fun yeah. audio, and unfortunately, I don't have this audio. But did you hear Kyle Shanahan, the head coach of the 49ers, your guy Shano? <laughs> Shano. When talking about Brock Purdy and asked if he would, if there's any way he wouldn't be the starting quarterback for the 49ers this year, uh, Kyle said Brock Purdy would have to melt in practice to lose the quarterback one job. He's got to melt like, <laughs> like turn melt. into salt like Lot's wife or something. Yeah, like wow, like melt. <laughs> because uh, apparently Trey Lance has not looked good. Trey Lance. Oh, no, he's a terrible. He's looked terrible. He's looked really, really bad. We need to give him a break, though. People don't realize how few passes he's thrown as a quarterback in his career, oh, in his life. He just well, hasn't played quarterback for a very, he hasn't played quarterback yeah, for a very long time. You understand his dilemma, but the 49ers have... They well, traded a lot of capital to go get him. Yeah, that, now that was a dumb decision by them. Now that was stupid. That, yeah, was, a, <laughs> that was dumb by them. But that's not his fault that he's only no, thrown right. a very few passes. You know what I mean? So. He's trying to learn his way. It's, a hard, it's hard to do on-the-job training to play quarterback in the National Football League. Amen. That's, that's probably something you should have been learning since middle school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Rod, what do you have for me? And who said that? This is probably going to be pretty easy. Oh, by the way, since 2016, Trey Lance has thrown 420 passes in a live game. Just for the context, Drake May had 459 attempts from October 23 to December 23. That's how few passes Trey Lance has thrown. And so like, keep that in context while y'all start you know, jumping on him. Like, oh, man, he's terrible. He's trash. He ain't trash. The 49ers shouldn't have picked this. I, no, I mean, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's hear uh, our next clip. And who said that? This will be pretty easy for you guys to predict. It's a college football coach okay. who is uh, giving you some uh, lessons on how to build a culture. You know, I kind of like what Pete Rose said the other night. Sparky Anderson, he said, had a great, was a great manager. And he asked him one time, what's the key to handling players? He says, well, you got to know when to kick them in the ass. You got to know when to pat them on the ass. And you got to know when not to say anything. So we're trying to figure that out. But I think I've been kicking them in the ass a little bit more than I've been patting them on the ass. So... We'll just keep on keeping on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just keep on keeping on. I don't like Nick Saban in a good mood, by the way. I'm sure y'all's pretty obvious that was Nick Saban, but I don't no, like him in a good Nick mood. Saban. Me either. I don't like that. I don't like him cracking jokes. I want Nick Saban crotchety and in a bad mood. Because if he's it in a good he's mood. He's cantankerous and his team's yes. not doing what he wants. Why day. is he in a good mood? Yeah, Texas he doesn't know his then. quarterback's going to be. E? Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. We don't. We don't. He does. <laughs> he does. Uh, he, Texas plays Alabama week two. So if mm. it's 18 days to that game, it's 25 days now to the Alabama game in Tuscaloosa. Hey, get your mind right. I don't know how much you know about politics, Rod, but uh, who sang this? Who sang this? you think this was a good idea? This was at a... 2024 GOP candidate rally in Iowa over the weekend. Okay. And a candidate for president decided, let's do some karaoke to some Eminem. <laughs> Loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out. He's joking how, everybody's joking now. The clock's run out, time's up, over, plow. Back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. Oh, there goes gravity. Choke. He's so mad.
Rod, any idea who wow. that is? I do not know. There's no way I could guess that. What politician would be so bold? Vivek Ramswame. Ramaswamy. How old is this dude? He's got to be young. Uh, oh, is that is him right a, there? He, yes, he is a uh, candidate from the Republican side for the uh, presidency. Oh, Republican. Uh, yeah. That's pretty cool that he's doing some M&M then. He's 38 uh, years old. Okay, good for you. And he is running for president. I've seen some interviews with him. Oh, and I've seen Yale this guy. guy. He's yes. a sharp guy. But he is. I just got to think, know your audience. This is a gr- group of... GOP voters in Iowa. And you yeah, you're singing. Yeah. You going you going hard on the M M&M? and M? Yeah. Probably not going to you know, it's not gonna translate. They're probably not gonna get it and get as hype as you would like. Yeah, here the crowd is not hype. There's not one hand in the air. That's not anybody nobody's grooving. <laughs> nobody's moving. Everybody's just staring. He's looking at them. This yeah. is your moment though. Ooh. Someone said sounds like Rod B saying that. No, I <laughs> I would choose a better song. I would know my audience. If I'm singing to the GOP crowd, what's a better what song should he have sung to the uh, GOP crowd? See, Lee Greenwood, proud to be land. American. Yeah. Proud, <laughs> to, proud be to be an American. Yeah. Something yeah. by Toby Keith. That would work better. There you go. A little some some. So he probably against Eminem. I like that song a lot. That's a great, a good that's a great tune. Yeah, but uh, no, I, don't, I think any but trying to sing that song to any crowd probably I don't know if it's gonna go over really well. I'm Viv- a fan. Vivek is uh, yeah, you're the, a fan. he's the youngest candidate ever, by the way. Oh, good for yeah. Wow. He, is, he is sharp. I've seen him on some shows Didn't you before. You used to have to be forty-five to run for president. What did that used to be a rule, or am I wrong about it's thirty-five? Thirty-five there is the a, age limit. Okay. There's a minimum age limit to be president. There's no there's no limit though on how old you can be. And can we get one of those? We might need one. And getting older and older, it was because I, you know, I've always been on my my little rants that the. Now, as you as you approach a certain age, maybe seventy-five, maybe seventy, you have to like retake your driver's test every year. Like, really. I, I think it should be the opposite. I think the older you get, laws should not apply to you. You should be able <laughs> I love to, that. you know what I mean. You should be able to do certain drugs. You know, like, what's the? I think the comedian is Pat Oswald who says, when you reach eighty-five, if you can oh. kill somebody with your bare hands, it should be allowed. <laughs> <laughs> you should be able to because you eighty-five, you can do it. Like, hey, <laughs> listen, all the drugs you want, but just don't be driving. I get behind. That's you. true. Go These be people driving. somewhat scare me when they're driving at 80, 85 years old or speaking in Congress. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm some, not even going. Right, I'm, I'm now in for this guy Vivek. I need some young blood. Give me seven. Plus, um, he's doing Eminem. Don't you? Old people always drive slow, though. They drive slow. They sit low. They sit low. They drive slow. And there's two hands on the <laughs> two wheel. Two hands. They like ten and two. All right. I mean, how old are you gonna be? Okay. Are you gonna drive when you're seventy something? You ain't gonna let nobody tell you, you can't drive when you're seventy, eighty. You'll be like, I'm oh, driving. I, I still want to drive, but I have to pass a test. And all i got to do is show I can drive. That's true. I'm not leave, I'm, I'm my faculties my are still strong. Most old people, they let their licenses re- like yeah. expire. They don't even have. They don't even renew them. They don't care. They're like, if I get stopped by a policeman, what you going to do, policeman? I'm 75, 80 years old. What you going to do? Take me to jail? What you going to do? All right? No. Somebody they going to give you a ticket. Vivek Ramswamy should have done Kid Rock American Badass. Ah, <laughs> that would have gone over well. That's true. There you go. Mm-hmm. That worked out really well. Uh, we will come back. <laughs> now we get again. We're not making political a political comment on the, on, the on your candidate Vivek or whoever. <laughs> we just wanted to play the song because it's a song about. That's a segment about audio. <laughs> so we like the audio. Oh, Hope you man. did too. Speaking of audio, we'll hear more from Steve Sarkeesian coming up. Longhorns uh, feeling good. How about the fact that Sark says they're they're almost completely healthy. Halfway through camp. That's a good That's piece of news. That's half the battle. Which means we'll get you an update on uh, Jordan Whittington. There's been reports he's uh, 
battling something. Details coming here on Ian Rod B into our final hour. The fifth hour to come.